Welcome to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Debbie and Greg Peters. Welcome back, networkers, to the Third Generation Networking Podcast. I'm Greg Peters, the Reluctant Networker, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my retired business partner. I'm actually getting kind of tired of that one. My retired business partner, the networking guru, Debbie Peters, my mom. Hi, mom. You mustn't ever get tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> you just you you were hoping I'm going to remember, so I stopped asking you to come in. <laughs> yes. So uh, we are back this week with another of our all-star networking spotlights. Uh, these are the sessions where we open our networking Rolodex to you so you can have access to the ideas, resources, and people who can make your life more successful and significant. Our guest today is a graphic designer who was surprised to find one of the oldest examples of branding on her recent trip to Alaska. Welcome to our show, <laughs> Carrie Brimmer. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hi this, is a, this is a story I haven't heard. I can't wait. Yeah, no, obviously yeah. That, that we've got to launch right into the story. So, <laughs> Well, it, it's a short one, but it, I don't know if you've been to Alaska on the coast where the cruises go, but it's the, the Klingit people of um, the mm -hmm. coast people there that they're fishing villages. And they have a very distinctive artistic style that you've seen, like on totem poles, and they also do bowls and, and um, masks and oars. And, and when I was looking at them this time, I thought, man, it's just such a graphic style. And this is a very old style, though it's evolved. It's very graphic. It's thick lines and, and a repetition of a lot of shapes. And it occurred to me that those shapes are, the, from their mythology, are symbols of each clan. So these clans um. thousands and thousands of years ago had logos and they had brands <laughs> and they had like, if their if um, character from um, the mythology was salmon or the orca or the raven then they used those symbols more so and they represented the clan i thought oh my goodness then i saw a seahawks logo the seattle seahawks and i was like oh my goodness that is like a klingit sign it, the, the design of it even is in and it's a current up-to-date graphic so they made something timeless all those thousands of years ago that is so cool. <laughs> it, and it takes a graphic designer to see that. I would have just looked and said, oh, look at those pretty colors. <laughs> now, that's now, why Carrie, we have you in our lives. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, uh, just so everybody knows, Carrie is the one who does pretty much all of our marketing because mom and I are, are not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> but she is so awesome because we can say, we need a postcard to do this by Wednesday. Can you do it? And... It's the answer is in, invariably, unless she's actually on a cruise to Alaska. Yes. <laughs> so, so Carrie, how did you get into, I mean, tell us a little bit about what you do and who you help and, and how did you get into this? Well, I've been in graphic design since I was a, a youngster uh, coming out of college and I never left it. So I don't know if that's kind of weird staying in one career your whole life, but that's what I love. So I do everything from websites to graphic design, to logos, to newsletters, um, content. It's, it's just all one big picture to me. And I got into this particular niche with um, helping small businesses when my custom card company wrapped up as people stopped mailing things. And mm. I thought, I'm just going to do the same thing, but I'm going to serve small businesses. So I'm like a marketing assistant and I love it. 
Well, and we are so glad you do it. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we talk about networking here. Can you tell us a, a story uh, about the first time you discovered that networking was going to be important to you and your success? Well, when I had that card company and I had three small children, including being pregnant, having babies, I got invited to a group called uh, WEN, Women's um, Entrepreneurial Network. And that was relatively new at the time. And I just said, are you kidding? You know, I don't talk to people. I can't even leave my desk. And even when I'm at my desk, I'm, I'm being attacked from three sides with children, business and phone calls, right? Business um, coworkers. So I, I turned it all down. And then I got to the point where that card company was wrapping up and I realized I'm living in a basement room with no windows, uh, metaphorically. Sometimes mm -hmm. I looked out a window, but um, there was no interaction. I thought, oh my goodness, I really need to get out there. And the first thing that happened is my niece, who was uh, starting a business, invited me to her BNI chapter, which is Business Network International. And I went and I was just astounded. My, my mouth fell open during the meeting because these people actually wanted to hear what I did and what I was looking for. And they were going to go to bat for me to find me work. Mm. And I just, I was like, yeah, this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped in with both feet and um, I loved it. I found out that I didn't dislike networking. I just dislike leaving the house, but I get over that pretty quickly. Um, and I, I really like meeting people. I loved helping people. And you just don't think about networking, about what a joy it is to make a good connection. It's mm -hmm. truly a joy. And so, and you're also learning from all those people. So I got business tips and information just from watching and from talking with yeah. all that network. Uh, and it's been an essential part of growing my business. It just, I knew I needed it immediately when I realized, and I went back to that old invitation I turned down and I thought, where would I be now if I had found two hours a month to go meet with these women? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that 2020 hindsight is wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Who is your niece, Carrie? And this is the first time I'm hearing this story too. And here, Mary, who is it? Mary Petrus. Oh yeah. She is a beyond basics health coaching and she does uh well, she's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons we really wanted to have Carrie in today, besides the fact that she's just a wonderful person is of course, uh, to call upon her expertise. We had a question come in from uh, one of our listeners and it was about business cards and mom and I looked at the, at the question and we're just like, we got to call Carrie cause we have no clue. <laughs> so so let me just uh, uh, bring up the question here. It was from Mary Jo Milan, and uh, she says, let's talk business cards, or should I say, quote, my brand card? Photo, no photo, how important is the logo, the tagline, and should you use the back of the card as a silent talker? And she's thinking this is specifically uh, focused on how to, uh, um, uh, how to help the people who are uh, in a startup business on a budget. Um, so... Carrie, I know that's a kind of a lot to all fit in there, but could you kind of weigh in on the whole business card? Are, are business cards passe? Do people even need them anymore? There is some debate about that. And uh, my opinion is, yes, you still need them. Even though there are ways to electronically send your contact information to someone's phone, that doesn't keep it on top that it gets buried in the phone. And yes, I, I have your contact in here somewhere, but I don't remember what your name was. So how do I find it? <laughs> kind of thing. Um, 
the business card is an essential tool if someone asks for it mm-hmm. to, to have them have an easy way. They tuck it in their pocket later on, they're emptying their pockets and they and they pull it out and they put it on top of their to do pile. And it is it is the easiest way to connect with them. The second easiest way is to email them right away so that they have a task to perform for you right there in their inbox <laughs> as they're responding to your email. But, and, and you have to maybe use both, right? But mm-hmm. the, I think you need to have business cards, probably not as much as people used to use them. I wouldn't give them out unless someone wants one because it's just going to get thrown away unless they see a need for it. But yes, you still need a business card. I don't know that you need stationery anymore. You can just put a logo on your template oh, on your computer. Don't tell but my you wife that. Business card. Yeah, Elizabeth loves her stationery. You know, she she she's like, we need to have crane stationery with our letterhead. No, 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 we don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the business card is per, the main purpose is to make it easy for someone to contact you, but. I know for me, there's a lot of times where I set those cards down and I pull them out a month later or two months later looking for somebody and find other ones. And I don't even remember all these people are. So Mm. the question about whether you put your picture on it, sometimes the picture helps with that. You'll usually only see pictures on realtors and um, maybe uh, lenders and people that are in that um, group traditionally put a photo on theirs and it is nice to help remember people but it's it's not essential what I think is essential is you need to have your brand on there and by your brand I mean it needs to look like your company mm. uh, if you have a real plain card with just your name and black type and your in your phone number it looks like a calling card or a um um, impersonal, you know, item. It's still handy for having the phone number, but it doesn't remind that person what your brand is, what you're selling. I'm a, I'm a strong proponent of having a list of your services on the back of the card so that when I do find that card two months later, I can flip it over and say, oh yeah, this is the person I wanted to check with about XYZ. Mm. Can I weigh in here? Will you stop ever, ever, ever letting anyone make the back of their card black and glossy, please? (laughs) Um, If I had control over the whole world, Debbie, I would make all business cards matte so you could write on them. But I know that customers normally prefer a gloss and they prefer a high gloss, which is the opposite of me because I'm a matte person myself. But they they can do Um, the high... high gloss on the front but leave the back alone without a guideline for the whole universe that if you make a glossy card both sides you have to bring a pack of post-it notes with you at all times and give that person a post-it note to stick to your card to make notes on i love it that would work think of how much the post-it note company would love that there we go okay so we'll we'll, Um, we'll see about we can maybe maybe we can get that moved into into congress or something and 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 have an actual law written i don't know (laughs) but that's a valid point and and you can still have a glossy card front and make the back uncoated right and if it's uncoated then that person has room to write even in a corner the date they met you and what they were going to send to you and Mm. i think that that's very important because if i tell you oh yeah you know i'll send you that contact when i get back to my computer and I got your card and I can't remember what I was supposed to do. Okay, well, maybe other people have a memory, but mine's gone. So I think that I need to be able to write on it and I would keep at least the back uncoated. 
Yeah, that's one thing. And uh, you do want to capture your brand, but you also need to capture the most essential contact information. And nowadays, that is not your fax number. That is not your street address. <laughs> that is your email address and your office phone and your name. And if you have to put all the addresses on there and there's multiple stuff, it's going to make all the type tiny. Guys, but when I'm in a dark room, I can no longer read tiny type anymore. And uh, it's, I'm not the only one with uh, who's been challenged with bifocals since the age of 12. So <laughs> I think that it's just smart practice to use the minimal information you need and make it re readable on your card. If compliance means that you have to have all that stuff, I think that you can then increase the font like on the phone number or the email because there's nothing worse than trying to read an email that's five, you know, five point font because it, I can't read it. And then you send the email out and it comes back because you've got it wrong. So you have to have all that stuff on it. And I don't know if compliance says how, you know, you have to have everything equal or not. But if not, have the phone number and the email larger well, font. Compliance a lot of times for, say, realtors or for financial advisors does include sometimes a disclaimer. But I've never heard compliance say you had to have your street address. I think that they're... They're saying, if you're making any kind of promise, here's the disclaimer. Um, when I've done cards for people like that, um, the compliance was we had to use the back of the card with a, a short disclaimer or you know, whatever. But it didn't mean that we, we had to put the fax number on there, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a choice for people. But when you see those really cluttered cards, it, it, sometimes it's hard to read. And one thing people don't think about unless they're trained to look at it, some type styles um, as far as compliance, a lot of times you'll have to put a disclaimer or you might have to put the company name the same size as the person's name, things like that. But rarely have I ever heard somebody has to include the street address mm. or has to include the fax number. Those things are, as far as I know, optional. And if people aren't going to use them off your business card, then you can make room by taking them off. Also, you can put them in the footer of your emails. So they're always there. Hey, hey, Carrie, how do you feel about mailing address, though? Because if people need it, I say put it on there. Um, if, if you if you frequently have things mailed to you, then I would put it on your on your business card. But if you um, can, are you usually emailing people? Then I would put it in your email footer and um, then I'd copy paste it into the email proper and say, make sure you use this address when you mail if you have a problematic or confusing male situation like some people i know <laughs> are you pointing a finger <laughs> <laughs> just a pinky <laughs> so so let me let me see if we can uh, get get all the uh, the the uh, tips here you have so uh, first of all you can have a glossy front but not a glossy back um, yes photos are fine but not necessary uh, you need to have the vital information on it and, and vital might be dependent upon your, your business. So I know we were joking that, you know, you don't need your facts on there, but if facts is something that's necessary to your business, maybe you do include it. Yes. I would consider how people are using your card and what they really need. So if people are going to use that to email you and then lose the card, then you can put stuff in your email footer. Just think it through. Because the less you have on your card, the more attractive it is, and the more you can make it branded. 
And you can also then put more information about what you do, which is really important when you find that card later. Right. And I was, I was going to say, you want to make sure that this is, this is all tying in with your brand. Um, if you know, you, you your website, your prints material and, and your, your business card should all reflect each other, right? Right. They should all capture, they're all part of your business and your, your brand is your statement or your promise out to the community. This is what I am. And everything you do say and print should reflect that. So the card is an essential part of that brand. And so if you have to choose between a mailing address and a tagline, I would keep the tagline because the tagline tells more about your brand than the mailing address. Mm, um, okay. That is, if you use the mailing address four times a year, then you can provide it to people via email, you know, that kind of thing. Carrie, so um, I happen to have a couple business cards on my desk. And uh, one is from a recent chamber lunch, and it has this, um, I've forgotten what that's called, that square QR thing. Code. QR code. What do you think about that? A lot of people swear by them. And recently I did a card where the QR code was centered on the back. Um, and, the, and so you can use that on your phone to quickly go to a website. So they're very easy if somebody needs to access your website. So the nice thing about QR codes is if it was a product you wanted to sell, send someone straight to your website for, or if it was a um, maybe a scheduling thing, like an appointment you wanted them to make, then that is a really handy way. However, most people, I shouldn't say most, I would say half of people aren't comfortable. They don't know what to do with them, just like every other form of technology. So it would depend on your audience. It depends on if, if your clientele, if your target market will use it, then the QR code is great. I wouldn't put it on the front because it'll really muck up the look of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of, I'm looking at this card that has the logo at the top and then the company name and, and the tagline. And then um, that QR code, it kind of, they fight with each other. Oh, yeah. They do. And the QR code is a, is a tricky thing. QR codes have those little pixels, those little squares in them. And some of them have a lot of big squares or a few big squares. And other ones have like a million. They get really fine, like a lot of little squares. They get really detailed. The difference is the number of characters in your web address. So if you can send people to your homepage, which is a really short URL compared to a long um extension page it's going to have a, a qr code that can get smaller because simpler qr codes can go smaller and i would test it i would get it the size it's going to be on your card and make sure that your phone can pick it up hmm. interesting i didn't know that yeah, yeah I, we, I know i've done some things in the past where i use like a, a bitly if you, you know create the they, they use the um it's a service that shortens long urls um and it's it's yes. funny because when you when you get the QR code for the big long URL that you know it's it's like 150 characters long, there's a lot of little pixels in there, and then you do the bitly on it, so it's like 10 characters long. And suddenly, it becomes very simple. So <laughs> right, and the simpler ones can go smaller. So use a shortening program like Bitly to make your URL smaller if you need to print your your QR code small. So, and they're really, they're, people do things to try to dress them up, and make them look better, but they still look like QR codes. So. 
All right. Well, any other tips with regards to uh, your your business card or as as Mary Jones says, uh, my brand card? Yeah, her brand card, when she mentioned specifically if people are doing it themselves. And so I cringe. The design <laughs> police cringe. But but here's here's a few short guidelines for people who are going to do it themselves. Um, the first one is remember that the card isn't for you. It's for somebody else so that they need to get the, what they need to see on it and including what you do. So it wouldn't hurt to say the problem you solve because that's what they want, not mm. how you started or how many years you've been in business. They want to know how you can help them. Um, the second thing is to make sure that things are legible and and the type styles, there's so many of them out there right now. And I can just say, almost without reservation, don't use scripts. Scripts are great if you have one big word, hello in script. Okay, you can read that. It's big. But if you start trying to put information they need in a script font, oh. those tiny little curls <laughs> don't translate well. And it's really hard to read small. So I would use a very legible font. I would even use a sans serif legible font with roundish looking letters because those are the easiest to read small. So the way to test it is print out a couple of them, print out a few font versions of your design and see which one reads when it's printed actual size. Mm. Um, and actual size is just three and a half by two. So that we're talking about a small card here. And um Let's see, you want to limit yourself so that you don't have a, a call during the night from the design police and they take you to design jail. You have two colors and two type styles. No more. If you start putting uh, more than two type styles in there, you're going to start looking like mom pa made it. Um, but you can use bolds and, and heavier weights of the font. So say you used a popular new font, Poppins or Hero. Those are pretty popular right now. They, they both have several weights. So you can have different weights and make things bolder without making it look busy. And two, two colors, obviously some logos have more colors, but besides your logo, try to keep it minimal. What else is going on on there? You want your logo and your brand mm. colors to be primary. Mm. And they should take over and they should be what the person remembers about your card. So you want to kind of limit yourself and think clean. You know how when you get dressed and you put on an outfit as well as a woman and you and you're supposed to stand there, look at yourself with all your accessories and take one off and, and lose one because you almost always overdo it. That's the rule for getting dressed, right? Getting dressed up or putting on accessories. I'll, I'll take your word on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the business that should be the rule for business cards too. get everything you want on there and then drop one and it'll look better um, as far as design elements okay. um, and you want to limit your use of bold and italic um, my expression is if everything is bold nothing is mm. So make it make it regular weight text unless you have a word that needs to be bolded and then bold the one word so that it looks organized and, and uh, well-designed. And you know what? They can do it because if you go on any site like Vistaprint or, or Canva, they have templates. And if you follow the templates and run out a test print, don't change the template too much and run out a test print and make sure it's legible, you'll probably have good results. Okay. 
So I guess the goal would be to have it stand out without being hideous. Um, I'd like it to stand out by being on a heavier paper, which we haven't mentioned yet. You can oh. order heavier paper for not much more than the light paper. Stand out by being clean and uh, and clean and easy to read and simple, like sophisticated kind of, in terms of not having too much on it. And stand out by the fact that they asked you for the card and your card clearly states what you do and shows your brand. So it stands out in their mind and they'll keep it as long as they need it. Okay. Uh, I, honestly, I, I do still remember one guy's card. I honestly don't remember what he did. Uh, so probably the card was not actually doing what it was supposed to do, but uh, it was the background was a picture of him looking like he was trapped inside the card. And it was just <laughs> like, what what are we selling here again? <laughs> <laughs> was he a comedian <laughs> no no I, I think i would have remembered that it was uh, i think he was like a life coach or something like that which uh, like all right um you know it's it, it, it i i think my i i would i would argue you you want to be remarkable without being bizarre <laughs> <laughs> unless bizarre is your selling point then then go for it and he was maybe making a point that you know you gotta you gotta break out of things to 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 uh move forward but um i i i think i usually would go more with traditional layouts because they're traditional because they're easier to follow and easy to read and that's what people need okay well uh, i i really appreciate all that information i know our our so listeners sure. will too especially as they continue to uh I, you know i i agree i think uh, business cards are still a, a vital part of the networking uh, uh process i i use them myself um and but as you pointed out it it should only be when they are asked for we are not walking around and throwing them everywhere um well you know you know what greg before we started recording we were chatting with Carrie and she said, I wish Google would, you know, send, send me a reminder for every appointment. And so I was thinking about it and it's a, re it's like a Google reminder. You get this card, then it's on your desk and it's sitting there going, call, you know, here's your reminder, call this person or, you know, email this person. So it's a low tech reminder. I like <laughs> it. That's a good idea. <laughs> and if the reminder just says, call Joe, you won't know what it means in three weeks. But if it has his logo and his what he does for a living on it, then it met its goal. I agree. Excellent. So, Carrie, I uh, I guess we should ask you what what where are you going from here? What what sort of things do you have coming up? Any exciting uh, products? Are you going? I mean, are you going to be in Alaska again anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> not no no not another big family vacation for a few years. We we have to pay for this one first. But um, <laughs> I'm still hoping to to grow my business enough to. Um, mentor at least eight more women before I retire. And I'm um, going to target um, people that are underprivileged and see if I can kind of uh, mentor them through and train them up. And uh, that's really my goal. Um, graphic design is very much a field where you can work from anywhere, which really benefits working moms. And uh, hopefully I can use that um, as a way for me to give back and um, obviously, I'm always looking to grow my business if anyone knows anybody who needs services. Well, we, we will definitely pass your name along with, with anything that uh, we do. <laughs> so, and, and even in your pastime, Carrie, 
maybe you can say a little thing, something about 50 cats and 50 dogs. Oh, oh, oh my goodness, my hobby. I'm doing artwork for Artemat.org. And if you go to Artemat.org, you'll see that it's a company that repurposes those old cigarette machines from the 30s, 40s, and 50s and makes them into art vending machines. And uh, a networking friend told me about it. And I'm mentoring her now. She could be mentoring me, but, you know, mentoring is uh, basically making each other accountable, right? So she introduced me to this idea. I'm totally hooked. So these little blocks, this exact size of a pack of cigarettes, I draw on them. I have to send them to the company 50 at a time. So I did 50 cats, and now I'm in the middle of 50 dogs. And it is so much fun. And the nice part is is I don't keep the stuff around here. I, I get to send it away. So it's art I can do with no clutter that does not pile up in my house. <laughs> I really like that. And you get you get paid a teeny bit, so it covers when I when they sell, I'll get supplies, money, and stuff. But it's more for fun. Yeah, well, I've, so I've seen artists, some, uh, check out Artemat. I've seen some pictures of it on your Facebook feed. Uh, you you post the uh, what, five or six you do at a time or whatever, and they are gorgeous. They're really beautiful pictures. Well, they're fun. And, and with the thought that a lot of these places that have these Artemat machines are uh, places that are also giving part of the proceeds from the sale of these little art, miniature art things that people buy in the machine. Um, they're giving proceeds a lot of times to a charity. And often that charity is like a pet charity in the area. So that's why I started with cats and dogs. I don't know what my next 50 will be. Um, I've, st I've got a few more weeks of dogs to do. So I've been doing rescue dogs. <laughs> well, you know, there, there are probably other animals. You go to gerbils and hamsters and fish and birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I, I, I love, I've been drawing birds for years. So it'd be fun to, to, to do a series of birds on those. But I don't know. I'm going to find out how these sell. And, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I sit down while we're watching TV at night and draw a block or two. And it's just fun. So, uh, Carrie, if someone wanted to reach you, how could they uh, how could they reach out to you? Well, if they go to brimmingdesign.com, that's brimming, B-R-I-M-M-I-N-G, design.com, um, they can see my phone, email, and there's a contact form. And there's even a, can, can, a Calendly link if anybody likes using that. And I do free consultations. So I could talk to anybody who's stuck or working on a new business and wants to brainstorm on some marketing. That's one of uh, my introduction things. They can set up an appointment for that. Excellent. Uh, Mom, before we close, are there any any uh, questions you would like to jump in with? You know, I think I'm going to stay within the lines today because Carrie's done such a great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That means it's coming later, Craig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming in and helping us out with the whole mystery of the business card. And thank you all for tuning into our program today. Uh, if you enjoyed it and found it valuable, please do comment on our Facebook pages. Uh, the information is in the episode notes. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the experiences you've had with your business card and then maybe some of the challenges you've seen. Uh, if you'd like to hear more, of course, please do subscribe. We come back every single week and we would hate to miss you. Until next time, please go out and make some great connections. Take care, Mom. Take care, Carrie. See you, Greg. Thanks. Bye, Carrie. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Debbie Peters. If you'd like to learn more about our new virtual training programs, go to connectnation.com. <laughs>